You're listening to The B-Side, a podcast of Blessed Hope Community Church. Hey, this is Malia, your host as usual, and today I'm joined by Shauna and Pastor David and Pastor Matt. Got everybody here, the whole crew. Um, Hi. <laughs> that wasn't creepy at all. You didn't really give us a place. I was going to say, say normally, hi. normally know, we say hello. Because like, usually uh, when I do that, then you guys are all awkward and weird about it. So I decided we're just, just awkward not and weird <laughs> to say, give you the space. To no. do that. I think That's just us. You know what? We should have we yeah. should have gone over that in like the, the pre-production yeah. meeting <laughs> that we never hello. have. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. You guys have no idea, man. We've had quite a staff meeting today. Usually when we record these, it's following a staff meeting. And today's was just a little extra mm-hmm. long, yeah. would you say, Shauna? Yeah. Long, non-productive. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Oh, these Whoa. two are going to talk more. I TV just feel like we movies. really, I feel like we really connected as a staff. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. No? That's just me, huh? Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Scary David's on his phone over yeah. here. Yeah, but I mean that's normal. Yeah, yeah. He's either working on his laptop or on his phone. He's coordinating uh-huh. something. Uh, yeah, hey, He's coordinating. No, the Bible just says that. Oh my Multitude gosh. of words go. shows you know a person to be a fool. Here so we keeping go. Keeping from. See, they're yep. saying that because I've been very oh. helpful today according to scripture. <laughs> In every conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Very I mean, helpful. So helpful. I guess you're just meditating on God's I word. I am. Right. right. Look, yeah. Looking at how he can use it as yeah. a hammer yeah. to exactly. hit somebody. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, oh. No. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Listen, the Bible says, you know, that we are supposed to speak in ways that edify one another. And if we can't, but I mean, I'm saying this because Matt, you were not very edified today and I feel for you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I was mocked by a couple of people around the table. What is true and what is noble (laughs) and praiseworthy. I feel like we need to do like a Facebook poll of like, (laughs) how many people know how to use Google Docs and Google Sheets? We need to give them an age range though too. Yeah. Listen, I will be 46 yeah. very soon, mm-hmm. and I don't know how to use Google Docs, Sheets, yeah. Drive, whatever. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How to switch accounts um, on Facebook. I don't. Listen, yeah. you know yeah. what I know yeah. how to do? What? Very little. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. I, I stay in my lane. So, gotcha. um, yes. Yeah. All right. So and you're like, can you guys help me? <laughs> I do ask for help a lot. But now you know where to find Google stuff. <laughs> On Google. On Google. <laughs> so they really... I mean, that felt kind of self-explanatory. Yeah. I don't know where to but... find Google stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, maybe Google. Okay, but when I go to Google, it just says Google. It doesn't say, oh, by the way, click over here for Sheets. Yeah, but yes, you know how does. to use a Google Drive. I do. Because you, it's all yeah. right there. On the, the Sheets are right there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm oh. sorry that people had to be a part of this meeting. Yes. <laughs> you guys can Anywho. send all your helpful Google emails to, <laughs> to Matt. Please, yeah. please. He does know how to get into his email, so there's that. Yes. I remember yeah. when email. <laughs> all right. So okay. um, today, let's get back on track. See, here's all we're doing is we're just putting off the topic because we don't really want to talk about it. So what else can we talk David about? David does. Today, we are um, looking back at 
not this pa- well we're looking back at this past sunday's mm-hmm. sermon but also the one prior so we're yeah. looking at um adultery divorce and oaths today so we're in matthew 5 27 to 37 yep in case you're wondering. So I felt like um, after a couple Sundays ago when we talked about adultery and divorce that uh, I fielded some questions from people, and I don't know if you guys did also, but I feel like maybe we need to um, cover some of that ground again. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, so so why don't you yeah. do this for us? Like, mm-hmm. Because no, people always ask you. They don't ask me. And so <laughs> like... I won't bite you. I promise. If you well, have a question, ask it's just, me. You know, in normal but, conversation. Yeah, no, like, that makes sense. So, so ask. what are the questions that you had that sure. we can maybe tackle? Sure. Um, let's see here. Let's look at. Do you have a Google sheet for all the questions? Um, no, but I tr- I've been trying to uh, actually be prepared before our podcast a little bit instead of just winging what? it. And I like we have been putting together like some questions and some thoughts and stuff because I feel yeah. like it goes better then. Yeah. Um, and we're not all like sitting around here looking at each other in silence that I have to edit out. <laughs> I mean, that would never happen. But um, okay. So one of the things that you talked about with in regards to divorce was um, when divorce is biblical. Right. Um, you said, and the Bible says, um, whenever there is sexual immorality, um, so when if, if somebody's cheating on someone, um, or if in the case of abandonment. Right. So how would you define abandonment? See, and I think that's the rub, right? Because most people, when they're divorced, that I've talked to, view themselves as the abandoned party. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's always awkward when you have two people from the same marriage and both of them say, well, I was abandoned by the other person. Um, and, and that gets tricky. And so I, I think, you know, Part of the idea of abandonment is legitimately being able to say to yourself and to God, this is not my choice. And I I think it's as simple as that. And and then there's all of the other caveats. Well, what if somebody is physically abusive? Well, that's not my choice, right? I don't don't want them to be. Sometimes I have to to make the best of that and I have to leave the situation. And Mm -hmm. I get that. you know, and, and so yes, then I, I did make the choice to leave, but divorce wasn't my choice, right? I didn't have an option. It was either stay and be abused or leave. And I, I think in those instances, you could consider yourself abandoned, even if you're the one doing the leaving. Sure. Where so I, divorce is biblical in those cases. I, I would think so. Yeah. I, I would think that that's uh, Paul doesn't specifically. Um, talk about that. Mm -hmm. And Paul makes the assumption, right? In 1 Corinthians 7, Paul makes the assumption that in one of those scenarios, right, that the person doing the leaving, the person that's causing the abandonment is a Mm non-believer. So, you know, right away, if we've got two people that consider themselves born-again Christians, divorce should never be on the table, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, Paul's making the assumption that one person is a believer, the other isn't, and so you might be abandoned because of that. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not here to judge somebody's salvation, so somebody could say to me, Matt, I am a born-again believer in Christ, and then they're abusive towards their family. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say they're not saved, 
right? But what I am going to say is they certainly are living like they're not saved and in that they're abandoning their family and making it impossible for their family to be safely around them. Um, and so I think that you could argue that would be justifiable grounds for divorce. And then from there, we start to move out, right? So sure. then we say, well, what if they're just mean to me? Well, that's not good either, right? But but we you know we have to be careful about trying to lessen what Paul really means. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what if they gambled away all of my money? Okay, well, that's a problem, but you know, is that what Paul means by abandon? Probably not. Uh, what if what if they're an alcoholic and they won't stop drinking? Okay, I you know, like mm-hmm. all of those are good questions, and those are all potentially grounds for what I would call biblical separation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that I'd say they're grounds for considering yourself abandoned. Sure. And then consequently, then I don't know that they'd be grounds for you to choose to remarry. Mm-hmm. And that feels awfully restrictive and it can feel awfully harsh. Um, and this is where I landed. Look, you know, my job is just to tell you what I, I understand the word of God to say. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's yeah, that's the deal. I think biblical separation in those scenarios um, is more valid than divorce. Mm-hmm. Okay. What if one person in the marriage just wants out and the other one doesn't? So if I wake, you know, if I'm in a marriage and I wake up today and, and my spouse says, you know what, I've been thinking about this for a while mm-hmm. and I'm not happy mm-hmm. and I'm leaving. Um, I, I would consider that to be abandonment mm-hmm. um, because that's the, that's the textbook definition of abandonment. They, I'm saying, no, I don't want this. Right. Um, I'm, I'm saying, no, let, let's go to counseling. Let's figure this out. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I know that my behavior isn't perfect, so let's figure out how I can grow and you can grow and we can make this what God wants it to be. And they say, no, no, I don't want any of that. It's too late for that. I'm leaving. Then I would officially be able to call myself an abandoned spouse. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the rub. Just because I'm abandoned doesn't make me innocent in the marriage difficulties. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So there's probably a reason that the person decided to leave, um, and it's probably not because I was awesome at being a husband. And so there is this, while maybe I am technically abandoned, I, I still I need to take time and repent, and I need to take time, and I need to seek um to do better and and potentially seek reconciliation with my spouse as I'm learning what that looks like and and ultimately that's would be their decision not mine but um I mean there's there's a healing part and a repentance part that has to go for both parties there sure so then there's this next add-on layer as far as someone wanting to get remarried after divorce that Mm-hmm. Honestly, when we talked about it a couple weeks ago, I think we talked about it. Was it at staff meeting? Was it Maybe staff a meeting? Bit yeah. Before your sermon, we were kind of all processing through that together. And I know it wasn't really something I had thought that deeply about before. So it was very interesting to me. So um, I know we, we talked about it a little bit during your sermon, but um, let's break that down again a little bit and kind of cover some of that ground. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess, and, and I don't need to hog the microphone. Anybody else can, can jump in. But sure. but I think um, the the idea here, you're like, I'm not touching this with a 10-foot pole. Dave, David's <laughs> oh, over here going, nope. We'll get to you, David. <laughs> um, so so here, here's the thing. Lay, I mean, lay the foundation again. Yeah. I, I think the, the reality with divorce, Jesus says it really clearly, 
right? That divorce is not a biblical choice. Mm -hmm. And he gives one caveat. That one caveat is unless it's for sexual immorality. And and really that means infidelity. The words he uses imply not that you had lust, not that you struggled in this way, um, but that you committed sexual infidelity. Um, and, and it's more clear the way he says it in, in Matthew 19. Mm-hmm. In Matthew 19, he says, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard, but it was not this way from the beginning. And then here's the, in verse nine, I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for marital infidelity and marries another woman commits adultery. So there he's making in my mind right there, he's making a clear exception Mm -hmm. for if you are divorcing your spouse because they have been sexually unfaithful, Mm -hmm. then okay, you can remarry. But if you're divorcing your wife for another reason other than sexual unfaithfulness, then if you marry somebody else, that's adultery. Um, You're committing adultery against the spouse you divorced because you didn't have a right to do that. Mm -hmm. And the person you marry is now guilty of committing adultery because they're basically having an affair with you Mm -hmm. because in God's eyes, you're married to this other person that you walked away from. And that's just not the way we typically think of it because typically we think of it as oh, I've got the legal paper. Mm-hmm. And the legal paper says I'm married. And now the legal paper says I'm not married. So now I'm free to do whatever I want. But God says, no, no, that wasn't really, <laughs> I-, I wasn't making myself subject to the state. I am making myself over everything. And this is my standard. And so I think when we choose to get divorced, um, we we should not necessarily assume that we have a right to get remarried. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a that's a tough call, right? Absolutely. Because I mean, what do we know? We know like half of the marriages end in divorce, right? And so if half of the marriages are ending in divorce, then that's us telling biblically half of the people, we're not sure marriages remarriages for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I get that that feels bad, and I get that 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 flies in the face of of culture, but but boy, I mean, I just think the Bible's really clear mm-hmm. that adultery is what happens when we marry and we shouldn't marry. Right. So let's go through some of the different camps. I know you kind sure. of broke those down as far as when it's appropriate and yeah. when. Yeah. Uh, well, so so I think on one hand, you just have a culture that says you can always get divorced mm-hmm. and you can always get remarried. And that's, you can do it as many times as you want. Um, then there is a, a hyper-Christian camp, right, which isn't biblical, mm-hmm. um, that says you are never allowed to get divorced for any reason. Um, so you would never be in, in a position to remarry because you're never allowed to get divorced. Um, and that sounds Christian, but it's not. Jesus clearly and Paul clearly give us give us the caveat. And, and then you've got the evangelical positions of, well, you can divorce for biblical reasons. And then after a period of healing and grace, because God's grace is rich, you can marry somebody else. Regardless, Mm -hmm. Um, as long as you are surrendered to Jesus and they are surrendered to Jesus, you can get married no matter what your past is Mm -hmm. because God's grace is rich. I know a lot of pastors that would take that position. Um, I'm not mad at that position. Um, Frankly, that used to be the position that I held, right? Mm -hmm. But the more I've looked at this, the more I've kind of moved myself away from that thinking, boy, that just makes light of what Jesus says about adultery. He adds Mm -hmm. it for a reason. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the other camp is you can get divorced for biblical reasons, but you never remarry. Mm-hmm. Remarriage is not for you. You have been divorced. Yes, you did it for a biblical reason, but you know what? Your marriage was the binding of your soul with somebody else's. Just because you're not experiencing that oneness doesn't mean you get a do-over to go do it with somebody else. And so that camp would say, um, nope, you can get divorced if you need to because of a biblical reason, but you should never remarry. Mm -hmm. I think Jesus clearly, in Matthew 19 especially, says, yes, you can. Mm-hmm. as long as it's for this reason. And so that's where I would take this third position that says you can divorce for biblical reasons and you can remarry someone that's either never been married mm-hmm. or has also been divorced for biblical reasons. Sure. And, and so that's the camp that I would ultimately sure. land in. Take a, I, I know that my theology has evolved the more I've studied and read the Bible and learned. Um, and so I'm just curious since your position changed mm-hmm. slightly, like kind of take us through that yeah. thought process a little well, bit. Well, I, th- I think, so there's two things, honest, if I'm being really just honest. Yeah, yeah. One of them is just um, getting better at taking the Bible seriously. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like I'd love to be able to give you a fancier description of what happened, mm-hmm. um, but it's like, I've always read this, right? I know Matthew 19, I know... Well, yeah, um, Matthew's your favorite book. That's right. Um, <laughs> I... I I know Matthew 19. I always think of that for some reason. I, I know this the, the teachings in, in the Sermon on the Mount on divorce. And so I've always known what it says about causing to adultery or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I haven't ever really dug into it um, until this serving as a pastor. Mm-hmm. So as, as a, not a pastor and as a guy who hasn't been divorced, I, I've had no reason to dig in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my initial position was just, listen... I know God doesn't like divorce. I know he hates divorce. I know that God's grace is rich and people that truly repent are truly forgiven. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that was my position is like, okay, God has a lot of grace. Um, He doesn't want you to get divorced, but he's not exiling you because you got divorced. There's no excommunication. You repent and God covers you with grace and now you're ready to move forward again. Mm -hmm. And I always just assumed that part of that moving forward if God put somebody that was appropriate to marry, then, hey, that mm-hmm. was part of it. But then as a pastor, you know, when I start to study these things more in depth um, and more fully, um, I get to the point where I see, you know what, maybe not everybody mm-hmm. should be getting remarried. And the evolution of that started with, I, I, I was asked to do some weddings where I would talk to people who had been divorced and not in a biblical divorce, but who refused to own any of it. Mm. So it, they, yeah, my spouse left me, and it's not my fault. It's all their fault. They did this. They did that. They were mean. They were hard to get along with. They, they, they made me feel bad. They hurt my feelings. They whatever. And I just wasn't happy, so I got divorced. And now I want to marry this person because this person makes me happy. And I'm doing premarital mm-hmm. counseling. And, and, and to be honest, I've married those folks before. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing premarital counseling going, oh, let's really dig into this because you're not ready to get remarried. Like odds mm-hmm. are this one's going to end in divorce too because you haven't owned your baggage. Mm-hmm. And the more I, I, I do those kinds of, uh, the more I, I, I were in, is involved in those kinds of conversations and those things, the more I started to think, you know what? It's, it's not just about 
whether I'll own my stuff. It's even about what happened because I found myself saying in the course of premarital counseling, like I really, I remember saying this to a couple once, um, he'd been divorced and it was not a biblical divorce. And we were going through some of the, the ownership of it. Like you've got to deal with your stuff and he's dealing with his stuff for the first time, maybe ever. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, now I know you like her, but really what would happen if you went to your ex-wife and said, look, I see something I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And yes, you you left me, but I understand why and I want to make it right. Right? Well, then this isn't the marriage you should be trying to pursue. You should be mm-hmm. trying to pursue that marriage. And once I started having those conflicts in my head, yeah. then it was like, okay, I, I'm starting to see this differently. And I'm starting to see maybe what God meant when he said this was binding and permanent Mm -hmm. and it's not meant to be split and then shared somewhere else. And so I I don't know if that answers your question about the progression, but that was kind of interesting. Yeah. And and, and so then honestly, I've had to repent from that. Like, okay, God, like, like, I'm sorry. Like your word didn't change. Mm -hmm. I just didn't pay attention to it uh, beforehand. And so I think I've probably been complicit in helping people and legitimizing their adultery. Wow. Yeah. Um, I think there's no way around that. Like, I I think if I understand the word of God to be what it is, Mm -hmm. I have been guilty of that. Hmm. David, I'm curious um, where you land in all of this. Uh, (laughs) Because it's okay if we're not all exactly. Absolutely. I I, I should, I think I said this on Sunday, but I talked to multiple pastors Mm -hmm. um, the weeks leading up to this because I wanted their opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, And I talked to some that agreed with me and some that disagreed with me. And um, all of them had, had, I mean, these are all pastors that I trust, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like I (laughs) called somebody that I would never take advice from. I I called people that I would take advice from, and they didn't all agree. And so it's not as black and white as I'm making it out to be in my own heart. Sure. Um, But but that's where the progression brought me. But no, I mean, if we don't agree, that's that's all good. They're pastors that I respect that that I know land differently. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's been interesting. I mean, Matt and I have had a, a conversation or two on it since, you know, and then even after the sermon... Um, it, it did make me kind of sit there and think a little bit. Um, I here, here's I agree with a lot of the way Matt presents it from Scripture and all of that. Uh, and I this is what I talked to him about. I said I I still kind of fall more towards um, divorce is a sin. Mm-hmm. And I am kind of the God's grace is amazing and powerful and forgiveness. And so I, I'm not saying that I disagree. It's caused me to kind of think a little bit like for my own. Yeah. But if I were to say where I've been, I've been more of the camp of no divorce is not good. No, just automatic marriage is not, you know, it's not automatic. I can be married. I agree with all of that. I don't know if I've ever drawn that line on remarriages. Mm-hmm not possible okay based on if there was forgiveness and you Mm -hmm. saw here's the big thing for me and this is where i really agree with matt and how he how he presents it so take a scenario where even if it's abandonment or even if it's the whatever you know that i kind of picture you know like if i'm in a marriage that i want out of like my heart's already i want mine, but i'm not going to be one to end it Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden i get lucky enough where they come along and say guess what i want gone now i get a yeah, woo! I mean, it's finally. There's you know, people. There, yeah. I've had that conversation yes. with people. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that's what they're waiting yes. for. Yeah. So yeah. in those situations, I'm ex- just as guilty. I can't sit there and go, you know. And that's that's where I agree with Matt. Is no matter how a marriage ends, 
if my conscience is not clear that I attempted to bring reconciliation, mm-hmm. right? Like if I did not attempt reconciliation at all, like my heart wasn't even in it, even in the case of adultery, if, if I'm cheated on and my, and I still don't say, okay, Lord, you died for that. You forgive. Like I'm, I'm going to pray for reconciliation and it's still, even if it doesn't happen, I think that's where a lot of people walk out of marriages where they're just as guilty because they looked for the back door mm-hmm. as quickly as they possibly can. Yeah. And, and so that's where I would definitely land with anybody that would come for remarriage. If they came for remarriage and it's like the example you just gave is great. Like, it's like, Hey, did you work on your baggage? Mm-hmm. Like, the, mm-hmm. did you work on your, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, I never did try to reconcile. I never did try to make it work. I never did pray Mm-hmm. for that then it's like then you are probably not in a place where you should just be running into yeah, another marriage right. mm-hmm. um because you didn't try to heal and, mm-hmm. and bring honor to god in, right. in this yeah but again that's where the sermon did i mean i'm not saying i 100 was like yeah I, I, but mm-hmm. it did kind of okay i get that that's yeah. a and, and anybody listening to this if you hear kind of what you know matt's matt's point is you know, don't sit there and, and get angry about it because he kind of said a great point about he's doing it for his own conscience. Mm-hmm. Like he's saying, I am going to take the stand because I don't want to take the chance of being complicit in somebody else's adultery. So yeah. sometimes you can hear it stance like that and be like, well, dude, that's kind of a, you know, who are you judgmental or you ju-? he's doing it for his, <laughs> yeah, right. his conscience. And I think that's the point of this conversation is mm, that's a good point. If we, if our conscience, so my, if I was talking to somebody that wanted to get remarried, I would be like, listen, okay, there's a lot here, but have you spent the time? Have you been praying God's mm-hmm. will for you? Have you been praying for God's direction? Mm-hmm. If you just automatically were like, oh, I like this person. I want to get married uh-huh. again. It's like, you're not in a place I'm to get so married. Young. Yeah. It's like, you're not seeking. Our conscience has to be clear uh-huh. before Christ and before God. And, and that would be my incur- big uh-huh. encouragement for people uh-huh. is I'm not going to participate in a marriage that my conscience isn't clear. Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't either. Like mm-hmm. as a pastor, yeah. I don't want to mm-hmm. give my seal. And I've done it. I'm, I'm just as guilty. I've done the, well, you're going to go get married anyway. So let's just do this, you yeah, know? Right. Um, yeah. But then you, as a pastor, mm-hmm. you have to be the one to then watch the ramifications for that mm-hmm. and, and see, mm-hmm. you know, if you still are close to that couple or, you know, that couple, like you have to be the pastor says, man, you know, 10 years later, though, well, there's that divorce that happened. Like I'm, I was part of that yeah. to the yeah. point of, you know, maybe. I should have said no, or we should have done something else. And, um, but that, that's for me. Again, I'm, we're not 100% on the same page, but I get the premise of where he's coming from for the sake of, mm-hmm. I want my conscience to be clear. And any decision we make in life, especially a marriage decision, man, we better make sure we are making Getting sure right, our conscience yeah. is clear. Right. Yeah. So, and, and, and I, so, so I, I would just follow up. I, I really appreciate that perspective. And I think you, you've identified that right, right? Mm-hmm. The reason that, that I can have pastors that I would trust and go to advice for advice that will that will think differently about this leads you to believe that this is not as black and white right as as right. um certain mm-hmm. things and so really it is a matter and Paul talks about this multiple times in the New Testament is um it's a matter of conscience mm-hmm. um and, and so I hate to say this because I <laughs> but in this instance I think I can follow my heart <laughs> not really my heart because my heart, heart is, stupid. is stupid my heart is stupid <laughs> um but but I can follow like what what the Holy Spirit in me is is allowing me to feel comfortable with because this is not something that that is a decision I'm making flippantly like I woke up one day and I thought you know what 
no longer will I marry people or mm -hmm. I'll marry everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is a decision that's come prayerfully through scripture and, mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit's a part of that. And, mm -hmm. and so that conviction carries weight mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. okay in, in some instance. And I know it gets weird for people because they're like, well, why does this instance, is it a matter of conscience? But this instance, it's a matter of it's not. Mm -hmm. um, this is a matter of, of, just fact. Sure. Mm -hmm. And and I know that can get wonky for people and they have a lot of questions about yeah. that. But um, in this instance, right, because um, really what we're talking about is the level of God's grace, um, then we, we, we start to look at it as a matter of conscience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so when we were all processing through this together, I had kind of thrown out a scenario that I think probably is common that people find themselves in. So I'm just going to yeah. put it out here. So people can hear your responses. Um, so let's say um, I was married before, was not a Christian, and so therefore we got a divorce, it was not biblical. Since then, um, I've become a Christian. I understand what um, God's view of marriage is now. I've met someone, I want to get remarried. They're a Christian now too. Um, but we are both coming with the, these backgrounds of um, non-biblical divorces, but with the caveat that we weren't Christians. Yeah. Um, so how would you proceed, you guys? Well, it, this is, again, the, this is where the conversation was interesting. Because where I lean is I would lean more towards as long as, you know, before you're a believer, you know, not holding you to a standard. Mm -hmm. um, also, I would very my have you truly confessed of mm -hmm. that you know like th that's a big thing mm -hmm. it's about your position of your heart and all that stuff so in that premarital counseling matt referred to it as dealing with that baggage and stuff but i i lean more towards the hey before you're a believer forgiveness god's grace you're doing it his way i would lean towards if all the pieces fit marrying a person in that situation now i say lean because i will be honest i'm not saying like i'm hardcore questioning it but right well sermon, every situation up, you know, is so different too. but that would be more where yeah. i would lean okay in yeah. my experiences and what i do mm -hmm. and i would say that that i have no problem with that leaning i get the i i, I get it mm -hmm. i do i understand it um unfortunately i i, I for my own sake and where i'm at now mm-hmm I don't know that that's a marriage I would be comfortable performing. And, so and here's, you just go and, to David. You get, no, I'm just kidding. And, <laughs> and, and here's the thing. I'm not mad at that, right? Because because I, I do understand. I, I get it. And God's grace is Joking. rich. God's grace is rich. And, and it is full. And, and he is pouring it out on us. And mm. um, and we're made new in Christ. And, and all of that makes sense to me. And it's all very true. Um, but I look at God's design for marriage. Uh, and God's design for marriage was to take two things mm -hmm. and through an intentional union, bind them together as, as this irreversible kind of a thing. And this is what he has now intended. And so whether I did that on purpose or whether I did it on accident, that's the position I found myself in. Um, and... Yes, I became a Christian. I repented of the wrongness of entering into that lightly. I repented of the sin of it ending. I've repented of all of that. Just because I've repented and God has forgiven me, I'm not sure that means he's giving me license to go try again. Sure. I think um, in the same way, 
and I use this analogy um, on that Sunday, if I struggle with same-sex attraction, right, I become a Christian, doesn't mean my same-sex attraction goes away. Mm-hmm. It means I'm now in a position to say, God, you've forgiven me, you've lavished me with, with grace and all of this goodness, and now you're asking me to choose hard. And the heart is to follow you over myself. So that means I have to steward my sexuality, my desire for a same-sex relationship. I have to steward that desire and say, I'm going to kill it every day and I'm going to go with you instead. I think the same thing is true sometimes when I want to remarry, Mm -hmm. but I don't have the biblical license to remarry. Okay. I need to I need to take that desire mm-hmm. and I need to put it to death and I need to choose Jesus instead. And I think that's what he means in Matthew 19 when when he says um flip there Matthew 19 I, I think it's um you know he says that that some choose not to make for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. I, I I think some choose not to to marry um for the sake of the kingdom of heaven and i think that's that's a real thing that sometimes we need to choose that and we do it in all other facets of life right mm-hmm. like there are things that we want to do and we're like you know what for the sake of the kingdom of heaven i am not going to engage in that because i don't think it's what honors god and we 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 laud that choice that's a great choice um we say it to people that struggle with same sex attraction look i know that you are attracted to uh, you're a man attracted to another man or a woman attracted to another woman, but for the sake of the kingdom of God, if you want to live a Christian life that honors God, you need to choose to not act on that. Mm-hmm. You need to to follow God instead. I see this as the same thing. Yeah. Um. It, it's hard, right? Sure. But but again, that doesn't mean I'm angry at people that see it differently. I, I think again, as a matter of conscience, though, for me. Mm-hmm this is the way that it needs to break. Yeah. So go ahead. Well, that's just why. And, and again, that's, that's why as I'm sitting here listening, it makes total, it, it does make sense. But then my, my brain also is I'm processing, you know, every circumstance is a little different. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And that's yeah. where I say it goes yeah. back to conscience is the biggest key for mm-hmm. both of us. Yeah. I, I'm not just going to jump into marrying somebody, you know, just because I lean more that way. Cause there's still, you know, if somebody came to me and said, you know, Hey, I was, you know, we got divorced, man. I met this guy three months later. Like, Oh, that's my soulmate. He's I'm gonna be like, the one. Oh, hold on. Right. You know, like yeah. three, no, you know, there, mm-hmm. Where was the time of trying to reconcile? Where yeah. was the time of, you know, or, or God led um, me to a divorce because he wanted yes, me to have yeah, this person. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, I know it's wrong to punch people in the face, <laughs> Yeah, but I've heard that and I want to punch people because, in the face. because that's a legitimate, I would agree that if somebody did come in a circumstance of, of I'm divorced, uh, I, w- I would probably ask the question. I don't know if I ever have, but I would ask the question after these conversations of, have you sought God in whether he wants you to choose singleness or not? Mm-hmm. If you've never even entertained that yeah. question yet, Ooh, right. That's then good. you're not in a place to even consider being remarried because you're making it about yeah. you and not what God might be asking. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. There's other questions that this is even proposed in my thinking mm-hmm. to say, okay, you got divorced automatically looking for the next marriage yeah, right, versus exactly. did you even ask God what God's desire mm-hmm. was for you? Yeah. Yeah. And again, I would lean, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. I might lean, like, again, I'll probably lean to if he wants you to be remarried and you've repented and you've mm-hmm. confessed okay fine but if you haven't even entertained the question i think that's such a great thing because when i talk to people that get divorced and i i've either been a part of like leading them through that uh that hurt or right after uh, one of the things i always say to them always 
um, is listen, do not try to replace what you've lost. Mm -hmm. Like stop that mistake. Um, Be single. Like just live single. Um, maybe God will con- make you content. Maybe God will move you past that. I, I don't know. But but I talk to people who have legitimate divorces, right? That they didn't choose, and, and and they were for biblical reasons, and and so they're they're right to have a divorce. But doesn't mean I've got to hurry up and replace what I lost. And that's the mm-hmm. mindset yeah. when you get divorced. The mindset we almost always have is, huh. Now I'm this age and I got to start over. I better hurry up. Mm -hmm. And so it's like the clock is sped up when really what we need to do then is just stop. Mm -hmm. Just be single. Just pursue God. Just figure out what that looks like. And that is easy for me to say. But man, um, it's what's necessary. I remember listening to the radio of a couple that they got divorced. And I can't remember the circumstances, but it just hit me. This is like 10 years ago. And they were talking about how God changed his heart. The husband was talking about how after the divorce, God really worked in him. And he started actively praying for reconciliation and, and trying to build bridges and stuff. Seven years later, mm-hmm. they got remarried. Oh, that's cool. It took seven years. <laughs> yeah. Huh. of him because his conscience was this is what god desires for me mm-hmm. again i'm but that's that would be wow. a big question for anybody planning mm-hmm. a divorce. if you haven't even asked god what his desire is for you in the next steps then mm-hmm. but yeah i just remember listening to that him and his wife are mm-hmm. talking and like yeah it took seven years for me to like it took a long time that's for me crazy. to even want to talk to him yeah trust okay. him you know mm-hmm. but yeah seven years so mm-hmm. so so real quick before we move on um, I think you did briefly kind of acknowledge it the Sunday you preached on this, Matt. Um, but what, what, what would you say to the couple that has been divorced? They are remarried now, so they're in that spot. Maybe, maybe it wasn't biblical. Maybe I did it. <laughs> but yeah, maybe you were complicit. Um, but I mean, they're, so they're in this spot now. Yeah. How would you kind of pastor and counsel them now I, I when think their heart's feeling a little like poked, downtrodden? Right? Yeah. 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 Here, here's what I would say. I think Paul talks about this, right? He's like, here's, here's what you do. You honor God where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever situation you find yourself in, you honor God here. He's like, you know what? You're free. Stay free, man. That's better. Mm-hmm. You're a slave. Hey, like, like you can look for your freedom, but but here's where you are. It's not like you, you just honor God where you are. And so here, here's what I can do, right? I, I had sex before I got married. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have. It was a sin, right? And and it, it the way I treated my marriage before my marriage um, was problematic, right? And, and then all of a sudden I realize, huh, that's bad. <laughs> I, I don't have a time machine. I can't go back and right. fix it. What I have to do now is is honor God by stewarding my sexuality differently than I did when I was younger. Um, and and so what I would say to uh, I know you're like, how does that have to do with people that got married? But but I think I think it's asking them to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Here's where you are now. Repent of the mistakes you made. Thank God for the grace he gives yeah. and seek to honor God where you're at. Mm-hmm. Don't compound one mistake with another. Now, I would say something different. Yeah, we're going to do this. So <laughs> I would say something different about um, same-sex marriage. Right. Because same-sex marriage is not something that God ever 
ordained to be ordained mm-hmm. or legitimizes right. and, and and listen with with all love right i get it i i do get the struggle of i just want to be with the person i love i know that mm-hmm. right whether you're divorced or or whether you have that same sex attraction i get the struggle mm-hmm. but what i'm saying is we need to steward that for god's benefit so i would say that in that instance where there is a, a, a same sex marriage i would advocate for like let's Let's honor God, and if that means we separate, or it does mean we separate. It does mean that. Then, yeah, let's pursue that. Um, in 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 um, a biblical marriage, I would say, you know what? Let's not compound sin by adding a divorce. God hates divorce. Mm-hmm. Clearly, His Word says so. I mean, those words exactly. I hate divorce in Micah, and okay, right? So, thank God for His grace. And from this point on, I confess my mistakes and I choose to move forward and honor God the best I can right now where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Would um, you agree with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. very much so. So, again, it, it, I think a big key with all of it is you don't rush. <laughs> you know, like that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Even these rash decisions is well, what makes us, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah. if you think about a lot of divorces, it happens because of the rash decision. Mm-hmm. Let's, go get, right. let's go get married. Yeah. And, so stupid vegas (laughs) so two things two things i would i would say about that and and um one about the the couple that finds themselves married Mm -hmm. they're in the same boat i am Mm -hmm. that finds myself marrying people that i i don't feel like i should have i I mean i can't really beat myself up over that i can confess it to god Mm -hmm. i can repent from it and i can do better now yep that's they're in the same position yeah um they just need to do better now Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. um yeah. That's encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we spent most of our time talking about divorce. Well, that's a, it's such it a is. touchy one. It really is. And there's so much there. And yeah. So um, so quickly, let's move on to the Sunday's sermon. Um, yeah, with Os. What Would you add anything to that? Have you listened to Sunday's sermon yet? No, it was Ken. great, though. <laughs> that was great. He, he did use you as a sermon. Yeah, I, I heard. I heard. <laughs> well, say anybody, I do not lie much. <laughs> I was going to say, except for right there when he said he doesn't. Um, I, I don't know that I'd add really a whole lot to it. I, mm-hmm. I think the idea that I, I just just to clarify, right? Like taking when you lie, mm-hmm. right? When when you alter the truth. I mean, we all accidentally say things that aren't true or whatever. That's not what we're talking about. But when I intentionally lie, exaggerate, manipulate, mm-hmm. whatever it is, um, Jesus is clear. That's putting you on the side of evil, not on the side of right. And that's I know it feels like it's overstating it or it's making it bigger than it is. But no, Jesus is, he says, I am the truth. Satan is described as the the father of lies. And so we've got basically two facets. And I don't need to swear to God to mm-hmm. make it true um uh, you know or or say i swear to god and then say a lie to make it bad mm-hmm. just lying is bad yeah um it, it, i mean we know this we teach it to our kids right but but somehow we forget it as adults. Mm-hmm. lying is bad yeah and and that's i i love the idea right and, and it's not a confusing thing what jesus is doing is he's talking about the ten commandments mm-hmm. right you know he's talked about like Thou shalt not kill, mm-hmm. right? Thou shalt not, 
you know, covet thy neighbor's wife and commit adultery. And those are 10. This is actually part of that too, right? You just, it doesn't list it in the 10 commandments. You don't read about vows and oaths, but this idea of taking the Lord's name in vain, you are taking the Lord's name in vain when you are invoking him to say something wrong. And then Jesus is expanding that and Mm -hmm. saying, actually, you're taking his name in vain when you speak falsely period. Mm-hmm. And so I think we just have to get our head wrapped around that, yeah. that, that lying is bad, honest is good. Yeah. And to, <laughs> is, is there a little bit to it with like just being a person of your word and having some integrity as far as like as a Christian to a watching world? And I think that's the point when he says, stop making vows right, is that your character ought to stand on its own. Mm -hmm. Your character ought to be good enough. Mm -hmm. When you say yes, people ought to look at you and be like, all right, yeah, he means it, Mm because I know him. Mm-hmm. And when and when she says no, they ought to say, okay, that's it, right? That's that's settled because we trust her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's part of it is just being known as this. What is what does Paul say to Timothy? Above reproach, mm-hmm. um, being a man of your word, a woman of your word, being strong in character, and um, and half truths kill that. You've all heard the. This was in my notes, and I never got there on Sunday. But you know that stupid example that, and, and it fits for anything we want to use it for. But the little kid that that uh, you know he's, he's telling lies, but he thinks they're small lies. They shouldn't really matter, mm-hmm. you know. And so his mom decides to teach him a lesson by baking brownies. So they work together to make brownies in the kitchen, and they mix it all up, and it's all ready. And she's like, "Wait, we're missing one ingredient. You need to go get some dog poop from the yard." <laughs> and so he. Like, I don't know what's happening. He goes and he gets some. And she's like, no, 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 no. That's way too much. Just a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Just a little bit. And so they get just a little bit and mix it into the batter. And then they bake the brownies and she cuts them up. And she's like, would you like to eat one? And of course, he's like, no, it has dog poop in it. And she's like, well, it only has just a little bit. It wasn't a big deal. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, no, it's terrible. The whole thing is ruined. And you know, of course, that's the that's the analogy, right? Is like, yeah, maybe they're little white lies, maybe they're not big deals, maybe they're half truths or exaggerations or whatever. But they compromise our character and they take the Lord's name in vain, mm. and they're not okay. Um, so that's good. All right, thanks for listening.